You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 106 of Take a Bell. I'm your host, Eli Tokash, and this week we have another very exciting episode for you all. We have a former Broadway kid, but now Broadway adult adult um question mark i guess you could say um it's a very exciting episode and i'm excited because i'm bringing back some people my age we haven't had like a kid or i guess like a younger person on a podcast for a minute so it was uh it was fun to chat uh with this week's so it was fun to chat with this week's guest and uh we have a great episode coming your way but first we have to talk about some Broadway news, shall we? Um, there were a couple of shows that closed since then. And then, of course, a, a big little cast uh, au revoir, I guess you could say, um, f- since the last time I talked to you all. Broadway said happy trails to Mrs. Doubtfire on Broadway, which leads me into this week's guest uh jake ryan flynn i didn't mention his name jake ryan flynn is joining the podcast and he's talking about literally saving the final weeks of mrs doubtfire and so much more very excited to talk to him and uh you all will love this conversation i already know um and then new york said au revoir and happy trails to suffs the mu- the musical which hopefully we will be seeing down the line on Broadway or some sort of um, in some sort of facet. I'm sure this will not be the end of Suffs, which is why I say until we meet again for Suffs. And then, of course, Andre DeShields left Hades Town. I mentioned all of this last week, but it did happen Sunday. So I wanted to say it again and I wanted to introduce Jake Ryan Flynn. Um, congratulations to everyone involved in, in both of those companies. And then, of course, Andre DeShields on an incredible run. Um, loved all of those performances all three of them the whole cast of doubtfire the whole cast of subs and andre de shields and hades sound um definitely not the same without it i definitely think that doubtfire flew under the radar a, a good bit with all of the the new um stuff that was being written and it's unfortunate that it, it happened the way it did and the way that COVID affected it and uh it, it was just an unfortunate timing for the show but i'm glad that it's going to go out and tour and everything uh, because it's definitely a show that uh, should be around and should be seen, especially during these times, which they are difficult. Um, so I'm excited to bring uh, Jake Ryan Flynn on to continue that Doubtfire legacy and to talk about uh, all the things uh, about Mrs. Doubtfire and uh, get you all excited for for the Tony Awards, which is 
if you see me next week, which you will, of course, but uh, I'll be here. Hopefully you'll tune in is what I'm trying to say. Um, you will be hearing a whole Tony preview and a whole Tony rundown. It's literally going to be an episode that I'm going to have some special guests on and talking about the Tonys and giving our predictions of who will win, kind of talk about it. And then the following week, we'll kind of see how we do. I'm very excited. So um, that's that. And moving on, there's some major announcement that happened literally the day that the podcast came out um, last week with Douglas Lyons. Uh into the Woods is officially going to be coming to Broadway. It's going to be a very, very, very limited run as it's only two weeks long at the St. James Theater. Um, the Into the Woods will will have a mix of the City Center cast and then new, a new cast. Um, so Sarah Bareilles will be returning. Brian Darcy James is going to be playing the Baker. Patina Miller will be the witch. So that was uh, Neil Patrick Harris and then uh, Heather Headley as the witch there. So those two are switching. Uh, Philippa Sue will be Cinderella. Uh, Gavin Creel will be playing the wolf slash Cinderella's prince. Joshua Henry uh, will be Rapunzel's prince. Um, Andy Golden, all of these wonderful names. Julia Lester from High School Musical, the musical, the series. I know that's kind of you guys. You're, you, you listening know that name for sure as Little Red Riding Hood. Um, and there's a ton of other wonderful – this cast is amazing. And uh, I cannot wait. I'm so excited that we have another opportunity to see the show. Hopefully they are not as expensive. I mean, I'm sure they will be expensive because Broadway is expensive, uh, but Broadway is hard, so I understand. Um, uh, but hopefully it's a little uh, less success- expensive but hopefully it's a little less expensive uh, than it was at the city center. So hopefully I'll be able to go and hopefully you all will be able to go. I'm so excited for this show. I really, really want to see it. And I love this cast that they're bringing in. I mean, I'm kind of bummed that, you know, I heard Heather Headley was just insane, but like Patina Miller is is amazing as well. So um, I got to meet her a few times while I was in Pippin and she's so talented. And I got to watch the original Broadway cast because they had the archive um, and all that. So, I have no doubt that she will be amazing. Love Brian Darcy James. Love Philip Sue. Love Joshua Henry. Love Sarah Bareilles. I mean, so the cast is still stacked, and it's going to be amazing. So I'm really, really looking forward to it. Once again, it's two weeks long, from June 28th to July 10th. But the good news is, is that we don't have to wait that long because it's literally like the end of this month. Thank you, Lord, because there was some major speculation. And then I even mentioned it that last week. And then, of course, the news dropped, and I was like, oh, my God. That's crazy. Uh, anyways, moving on. I want to say a huge congratulations to Gabby Pizzolo, Gaten Matarazzo, Caleb McLaughlin, Sadie Singh, and everyone involved in Stranger Things uh, because this season is just ridiculous. Uh, I was able to watch all of season four already. I know. Um, hopefully, you were able to too. I'm not going to spoil anything. I'm, all I'm going to say is it's ridiculous. I'm so glad that, and this is not a spoiler because if you follow her, which you probably do, uh, Gabriella Pizzolo is back and she's a big friend of the podcast. Um, We've had her on before. Uh, Wouldn't be surprised if we'll have her on again here shortly. Um, Just so excited and I'm so glad that she was able to to return to the season and kind of still be with the show and with the story. I think it's wonderful. I love what every I love everything that they're doing. I mean, just the acting in the, in this season is just 
ridiculous. Everyone really turned it up a notch this season from the writing, from the acting, from the editing, from the cinematography, from all aspects. It's just, it's wild. And uh, if you have seen it, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And uh, huge congrats to everyone. And they are smashing and breaking all of the records as they so deserved, so well-deserved. Um, just incredible stuff. So congrats again. I literally like want to rewatch it all because it's just so good, but it's so freaky. I don't know if I could put myself through it again. Uh, but yeah, congrats to all of them. And hopefully we can have an, an, one of them on soon. So we'll continue to do some work and try to try to figure something out but uh i think it could be something really cool and especially with gaten now going to be in dear Evan hansen i definitely want to do something uh with him at, with stranger things and all of that so it stay tuned hopefully we can get something in the works but uh yeah it's just it's incredible so love the show uh huge fan of all of them and congrats to them moving on we're gonna move into the drama dictionary word of the week because honestly there hasn't been like other than like you know, happy trails and into the woods breaking. Um, there hasn't been anything, you know, eye catching in the headlines this week. So we're going to talk about some drama dictionary and we're going to move on. Um, we are going to talk this week. We're going to keep it into, in the theme of the episode with Doubtfire and Suffs and all of these shows closing, unfortunately. Um, we are going to talk about a strike. It's where like the sets are deconstructed and they are loaded out of the theater and they are removed from, from the theater, whether it's literally all parts of the stage, the set, the props, the costumes, the lights, the sound equipment, all of that. Um, everything it gets flipped over and it's going to be an empty theater just with seats. Um, as they await what's going to be in the Stephen Sondheim theater next. Um, so load-ins are when they bring everything into the theater, and then a load-out is kind of when they move everything. And I wouldn't be surprised if this is going to be like a load-out strike because they are going on tour, so they may be able to keep some of the equipment. Um, obviously, they won't be able to keep all of it because the theaters differ. Um, yeah, but uh, that's basically what it is. It's currently going on at the Stephen Sondheim right now. You can go walk past it, and they'll be taking down the marquee. They'll be taking down all the posters and everything that you see. They'll be taking down um, this. You, you'll see like trucks and and big black boxes and, or like just big boxes in general um, and crates and stuff that uh, has all of that stuff as they are striking the the set in the show so that's what a strike is in the theater world um that's this week's drama dictionary word of the week i hope you learned something and if not sorry about it but uh there you have it anyways um all right that's all i have for you folks this week as far as the news and the intro and everything like that so with that being said let's turn it over to jake ryan flynn because this is such a fun interview and i know you all are gonna love it and we have some fan questions in this one so this is really really fun so i hope you enjoy jake ryan flynn curtain up <laughs> All right, 
so this week we have a fellow young adult actor on the podcast today. You may know him for his performance on Broadway in Mrs. Doubtfire and Charlie and the Chocolate Factory or on Netflix's Sack Lunch Bunch. So everyone, welcome to Take a Bow, the superhero himself, Jake Ryan Flynn. Welcome to the podcast. Hi. Oh my God. So excited to have you on. This has been long overdue. Thank you for having me. Yes, of course. Very excited to be here. Yes, I know there's a lot going on right now with you. You have finals this week. You have, you're doing an Instagram takeover today and you're doing this and you're getting ready for a show. Like, thank you for doing this. Thanks for fitting me in. And I'm like, so happy that this is happening we're going to be able to talk about like with doubtfire closing oh. i'm so excited to talk about doubtfire yeah i'm glad to be here it's um yeah just finals you know just i'm so glad to be finished <laughs> with school because it feels like it's been a long year with school was today the last day i have no i have t- oh which today's wednesday so i have my final i have my math and history final tomorrow and then my math final on friday and i'm done so oh that's I'm sick. so so thrilled. exciting and then what 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 grade is that I will be so yeah, freshman year. So I'll be sophomore next year. Oh so wow! It's okay, that's awesome. Which is um, wow, crazy. I just going to normal high school. <laughs> you seem so much older. You're so mature. It's great. Please, <laughs> please. Um, well, the way I usually like to start these things is I like asking people, you know, what kind of inspired them to to get into theater and to want to tell stories and entertain people. Uh, well, I wasn't an athletic child. We'll put it that way. <laughs> and, um, so, uh, I tried all the sports. I just didn't, I just didn't like it. And, uh, I, but I, my parents noticed that I was singing all the time. So they mm-hmm. put me in uh, Neverland theater, which was a community theater kind of by my house. And I, I did shows there. I did like musical reviews, Peter Pan. And then, um, one of the, one of some of the people there were like, oh, you should audition for North Shore music theater, which is a regional theater. Uh, which was really right by my house. Mom was like, I didn't even know they did auditions. So I ended up auditioning there <laughs> and I did a bunch of shows at North Shore. From there, uh, uh, an actor named Dwayne Clark, who's in Paradise Square right now, um, he, he filmed a video of me uh, singing a song at like a bar. It was like out night, the actors sing a song. I mean, you know, starting at a bar at age eight. Yeah. And <laughs> uh, so singing uh, the, uh, the donkey song from Shrek he sent it to his agent and that's how I got an agent and that's how I got the audition oh for Charlie. So um, it was really all like wow. North Shore Music Theater is where it all started. Uh, and I was, uh, it was such, such a joy to be able to work there because that's where it all, that's how I got my audition for Charlie. Wow. Then, that is yeah. wild. It all started at a theater and at a bar. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, that's pretty casual. much, that's, that's life. I mean, that's. <laughs> that is life. That is live theater. Um, I love it. That's hilarious. That's crazy though, because you, you started, I mean, you live in Ma- Ma- Massachusetts, right? Yeah. I live out, so, I live outside of Boston. So then like, what, what is that like? Cause I mean, Broadway is New York. So like, that's a commute, you know, like, what is it like coming back and forth to places? Well, when I'm in a show, we usually have, we get an apartment um, and my mom, dad, and grandparents all switch off with me. So like, let's say they're there for like a week or two and then they switch off. So then everyone's seen the family. Um, and then my brothers and then they're on vacations, they come up and see the show or they come and just hang out with me. Um, sure. And then when I'm auditioning, it's like going there and back kind of for the, I mean, we've gotten the ride down. We speed. So it's three and a half hours instead of like yeah. four and a half. Uh <laughs> But uh, we go there and back for like auditions. But now a lot of it's virtual, so um, yeah. it's it's been a lot of uh, doing it in my home. 
with a, a, a ring light and trying to figure out what the heck we're doing because right. we're not filmmakers. Uh, so yeah, which has been in a way easier because uh, we're really only like going. I mean, most of the callbacks are on Zoom as well, so it's so I don't really have to like. We don't have to be away or miss school really. It's just kind of about doing the audition. Totally, that's awesome. That's crazy though. I love the. I went through the same thing with my family with traveling back and forth from out of state to come and audition. Yeah. Like that's real stuff. Like it's you nuts. literally come in back for a day, and like at the end of the day, you're like drained. You yeah. know, it's crazy. I remember um, the audition, my final audition for Charlie, like the final one, I had auditioned six times and I had bought the, I had seen something rotten the day before my audition. Oh, yeah. And so on my way back, I, this was the first cast recording I bought and I was just no. like, so I was in the car just belting out something rotten listening to the cast recording because that oh, was, that was so my funny. way, that was my way back because it was just a crazy, crazy week because we had, it was like one of those things where like the audition, let's say whatever my callback was, was on Friday. But then they wanted mm-hmm. me to stay till Sunday for like the final. So we ended up having to stay. Yeah. It was like, uh, but yeah, so it's it's crazy going back and forth and doing it. It is. My drive, so like I, w- I came from West Virginia. So my drive wow. was like seven hours one way. Wow. Um, it was not fun. So my parents would be like, can we like try to move it like, so that there's like three auditions in one day and then we can go back that way we don't have to like stay and then like sometimes it would work out sometimes it doesn't so like really like the parents are the the superheroes for any child you know Uh, i'm lucky that my parents are so supportive in in doing this because i mean it's easy i mean it's really hard it's easy to just be like we can't do that like it's four and a half hours away we have i mean i have three other brothers that are younger than me and they all play sports so like it's crazy, Pat. My brother Pat is hockey. My brother Joe is football and lacrosse. My brother Michael is lacrosse and baseball. So it's like it's one of those things. It's like um, it can get crazy. And I'm lucky that we I have my grandparents who stay with me a bunch. Yeah, because they're super helpful. So my mom and dad can see games and then be with me. So yeah, Ooh. it takes a village. It takes it a takes whole a village. It's interesting that you say that because I, I was at Doubtfire. I saw you guys the in the last week and uh, sitting next to me was a a girl and her mother and she kind of said are are you a performer because you're cheering so loudly and i was like oh like i've never heard that but i mean i i get yes i am (laughs) and she was like so is she and she was pointing to her daughter and her daughter wants to come and audition to new york and they live in philadelphia and it's an hour and a half but but they don't want to do the commute and so that was like, that like hit me having that conversation. It's an hour and a half. And like, to me, that's nothing. But like to someone that's like a huge commitment and it's really difficult for some people. So really it's so easy to say, no, like we can't do that commute. So it's crazy what happens with, with the families of child actors and everything. Yeah, it's interesting. Cause it's like a lot of people like definitely want to be an actor, but they don't even really get their chance till they're eight till they're an adult exactly. when they can drive themselves because uh, their parents have to work or um, or they can't miss school. So it's it's interesting. It's interesting that you say that because like I've always been able to, I've always had just a great opportunity to be able to do it. But like, I know there's some people that are like, we just can't do that audition. Right. And, and like, it's crazy to me because like, 
I've never thought of it in that way that like it's something that is weird or like not necessarily weird or it's challenging, you know, because my parents have always been so, oh, we can make it work. We'll do it. We'll, we'll figure out a way. Or we'll, like or like special in a way yeah. like, oh, and like like an audition is like a big thing to go. Exactly. And like, an audition is kind of like, oh, another audition, you know, like totally a normal. We take it for granted, thing, almost. you know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Definitely. Um, it's fascinating. So then you mentioned, so you got an agent and then was Charlie and the Chocolate Factory your first ever professional like audition then? Or like Broadway audition? It was, I thought I had oh, actually Finding Neverland. Was it I really? auditioned for Finding Neverland. Oh my God. The tour, I think about, about five times for really? the tour. And I also had auditioned for Fun Home oh, yeah. as well. But, uh, but a replacement for Fun Home, mm-hmm. I didn't get that. Oh, I didn't get that part. And Finding Neverland, it was like because Charlie, the way it worked, it was like I auditioned for the workshop, uh-huh. but three times I didn't get it. Wow. And then, then later down, like I want to say, like four months later, when it was coming to Broadway, I auditioned three times for Broadway and got the part. That's crazy. So like in between that, I auditioned for Finding Neverland again. Yeah. So it was like. So it was like Finding Neverland. We're like, oh my. And once I didn't get Finding Neverland, I was like, and Charlie, we're like, I, I don't know. This just is like hard. This like it was like wrong. three, no, 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 getting so far and then not getting it. And I think even Fun Home, I had a callback. At least I think I, had, I, I was in the final as wow. well. Um, so it was like heartbreak, heartbreak, heartbreak. And then Charlie came back. We're like, like really like it was so, it was a like a wild ride to get to Charlie doing it again yep. after not getting it. And yeah, so yeah, it was like my third like really big professional audition for sure i mean the nose stink they're they're hard to deal with but it makes those yeses so worth it and so fulfilling yeses are exciting yeah you know uh so worth it but yeah you mentioned it you kicked us out you guys you charlie and the chocolate factory kicked us out (laughs) the love fontaine um so oh no this is getting awkward awkward, but it's fine um and then tina turner kicked us out yeah what the heck man but what the also heck? another great show. Um, I was I was yeah. actually like hesitant seeing Charlie for for the longest time because I was like, no, they replaced us. But I did see it and I loved it. I actually loved Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and I thought it would definitely have like a wonderful run on Broadway and it totally did. I mean, it, it ran for yeah. A- we had okay round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Oh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane. So shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. 10 months. We had like 10 months. Which is like a long time for for shows nowadays and um at that time i it was like it was broadway debut and so i was like wanted to be back home by the time it closed so it was actually though i obviously didn't want the show to close it was nice for me because to be able to like do the 10-month run Mm -hmm. close the show but then 
be back home and, you know, be with my brothers and my friends, you know, like, cause I, I was, I was missing them yeah. by the time we were at, after the 10 month run. Cause actually it was a full year by the time I was back with rehearsals and previews. Right. So it was, it, it was, it was nice though. I wish it would have ran longer. It was really nice experience for me. That's awesome. Yeah. And I mean, you said it Broadway debut. What was that like you know, being in on Broadway for the first time on a stage and performing? Amazing and terrifying. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> uh, no, it was, it was, I mean, it was, it was crazy. I remember on opening night, mm-hmm. the performance on opening night, I was like up at 7 a.m. with just anxiety, like, yeah. <laughs> and that I've never experienced before. I will never forget. I, I, it was after the fact, but my dad was like, for a second, I was like worried. I was like, is he even going to be able to do the show? Oh like, God. I was so nervous. Like, it was like just the, I always say it's my process, mm-hmm. like in quotes, like it's like the anxiety and then like, is he going to be able to do the show? And then I go out and somehow he does it <laughs> like, um, but yeah, so it was, it was, no, it was so exciting and so nerving. I mean, I remember at the, at the opening night party, um, it was like, I had like got to the party. It was crazy. And I was one of the first people to leave. Cause I was just like, I'm tired. This was the most insane day ever. Like there was just so much emotions happening totally. all at once but it, it, it and you're was also how old how old were you when you made your brother i was 10 10 10 unreal which was nuts yeah um like one of my teachers uh uh a miss um, i think it was mrs cullen said uh because i always said oh i'll be on broadway she was like and i i, I, I believed him but i never thought it would be when he was 10 yeah like, right because like, like, she, she had me in, in like kindergarten and stuff so Aww. That's so sweet. So talk to me because like you said, I mean, you're 10 years old, you're super young and you're playing Charlie Bucket on Broadway, which is like huge. I mean, it's a huge role. It's like the title role, basically. Um, so you obviously, because of the the labor laws and everything, you had to split the the role with three, with two others, because it was three of you, uh, with two other actors. Mm-hmm. Um Talk to me about like how that rotation kind of worked. Was it like a set schedule in that time? Like when you weren't on, did you have to be at the theater? Were you able to go home to like Massachusetts and visit? What was it like? It was interesting. Um, it wasn't until like uh, after the nominations for the Tonys came out um, that it was set. Because a lot oh, okay. of times we just find out the week before. Uh, it was like pretty different. Uh, it was it was like, especially during previews, it was like, we only knew like the first four shows and then we would know like it wasn't set for a while until like, so if we opened, we opened April 29th. So the Tony nominations would have came out 23rd. We opened. So the Tony nominations would have came out like May 1st Mm -hmm. or like fifth or something. So like it wasn't till, and we started previews like in March. So it wasn't until like all of that was over until we had a set schedule. And it was actually, it was a really great schedule for me because it was like, so let's say, uh, I would stand by uh, as just in case of one of the other Charlies got sick, okay. had a show, day off, stand by, had a show. So it was like oh, cool. a day and a half off, if you will. Like I would have a day off, then I would just be there just in case, and then I would do the show the next day. Right. So it was a really great schedule. And then sometimes we'd do like five shows in a row mm-hmm. one week, like a Charlie would do five shows in a row. But I mean, it was great. I got to see other shows. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, which is rare because Dalfire, I – never got to see other shows because with eight times a week yeah. uh which was which also was a different experience yes. because i hadn't done eight times a week before yep so that was like crazy like being like i have to do a wednesday match yeah. too <laughs> um what are men so uh that was an interesting experience but like yeah the charlie schedule was great yeah that's so cool i it's fascinating when the the shows that like 
have the multiple people playing one part because it's like how does that work how do they put that in is it it, it's i don't know i'm I'm curious to know how i can't even imagine matilda because matilda was four right so it would probably be with the eight like it'd be like two days off almost or something which is interesting and with neverland i mean you you, you, it was the same thing because i don't know when you auditioned for it did you audition for just one role it was rare that it was like one i auditioned for the, the the littlest kid oh you did like i was but, but i was too old I, like i wasn't that age like i, I was i was 10 mm-hmm. and i don't know i don't know how old the part was supposed to be maybe eight or nine yeah but uh i don't know uh yeah because there was like there's like yeah that's crazy switching it's so interesting yeah it's, especially yeah because especially because like with finding neverland so like there were four of the seven or four of the six of us because we had seven originally and then we had six uh but four in the six of us played two characters so like we wouldn't know the the whole scheduling thing until that uh like is so interesting so you would you you had you played two parts right and it was different on every given it was any a, given day yeah that's so interesting i was actually the only one to play all four parts in the show and i only played all four wow. parts for one and a half shows so i love to mention that um it was a total for one and a half. that i was playing that fourth part but i'm all for it it was actually the little one the little michael um but yeah it was crazy because same boat like we wouldn't know until literally like tuesday morning we would get the the schedule for the week like we had no idea wow. what was happening, what character we were gonna be. Sometimes during the show, we were like, "Who are we right now? Like, what's going on?" Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was it was so fun. But like that, it's the beauty of it. Like that's so it's something that like it's yeah. just an added thing of like keeps you on your toes. You know, like on your days off, added like, excitement. Yeah, totally. Like with Charlie too. Like on standby and stuff, you're able to listen to the show, so it kind of keeps things fresh. But it's also like you're kind of re- resting, relaxing, which is cool. Like I don't know. I actually. Went to Finding Neverland while I was auditioning for Charlie oh, originally, you? and I loved it. Oh my god! I saw it. I got. I waited in line to get a rush seat at 10 a.m. and I was way. in the like the fourth row, at fourth or third row. It was very exciting. I loved it. Oh, it's so fun. Uh, yeah, I remember those rush days. I would wait in line. That's exactly how I got I'd my come Charlie the day ticket before my audition to get yeah. to try and get that to get the ticket close up. Right. <laughs> it's exactly and Man. for like 40 bucks. Like that's how I got my Charlie ticket yeah. because I knew the house people. I was like, I'm going to come in, I'm going to say hi to the people at the box office and be like, "Hey, can I get a ticket for Charlie Rush ticket?" That's the best when you get when you get friend when you're friendly with the box office people. Right? That opens a whole new world. Well, cuz that's how I would get tickets to my the own my own show, Finding Neverland. Like my family and I would just be waiting cuz like, Man. yeah, you can't pay five people to go see a Broadway show at full price every time you go see it. Oh yeah, too expensive. Yeah, right? Um okay, so I I want to talk about like you're you're a young performer and you you've been into Broadway shows. And you have incredible experience and everything, but you've worked with some of the best actors in those two shows. Um, I mean, these companies have been led by Christian Borrell and Rob McClure, who are like Broadway icons. Um, I want to ask you, like, what is that leadership like and how important is that for you as like a young performer and having someone that you can look up to and kind of just like watch? Uh I would say Rob McClure and Christian Borough are the two greatest ab libbers yeah. I've ever seen in my entire life. They are absolutely the things that they've come up with in the rehearsal room, like just the like just the jokes oh, yeah. and the added bits, like uh, Charlie with Christian and Rob with Delphire. It is absolutely incredible. They're the best leaders mm-hmm. uh, in times of stress. They are nothing but kind. I have mm-hmm. never 
They have never, I, I, and I obviously, I know they're under a lot of pressure because they're just the lead of the show, right. <laughs> and but they don't show it. You wouldn't know. Uh-huh. He's just just doing the show with ease. Uh, they're doing the show with ease, which is amazing. But they're just so talented. It's just like to watch them like do it as if it's like it's like they're they're doing the show as if it's like oh yeah you know just an average like they're just Another doing day. like uh, um Rob they're the, and they're the nicest people ever. It's amazing. Like and <laughs> Rob and Delphire, the track is just absolutely. The quick changes and the stuff, it's nuts. and the props, and the just the ah, oh, there's just so there's so much stuff. <laughs> I remember there was there was one moment where like he was dropping, and she was like, "Up, oh, prop hell, prop hell, prop hell." Oh my god! Like that was always a joke because he has so many props with the brooms and then the spatchcock chicken. Yep. Um, but it's yeah, they they are they're amazing to watch. Yeah, and um, amazing people. Yeah, and and the, I don't know, it's just something. It's so cool to like listen to your story and say you know on your way back to charlie in the chocolate factory audition you were listening to something rotten which obviously rob and brad oscar and like it kind of like full circle there as they were in it that that was the um, i remember when i was did the reading for for doubtfire Uh and it's the same creative team as something rotten like the same writers the kirkpatrick brothers that's awesome that's the yeah the kirkpatrick wrote something rotten it was Rob. It was Michael James Scott, who was the original uh, Bard. Yeah. And um, it was um, Brad. Who, it was Mario Cantone in the reading, but now it's Brad Oscar, which was who was one of my favorite. Is one of my favorite actors ever. Oh my god, uh, When I saw some something, something rotten. Um, I mean, it was like the something. It was the ensemble of something rotten. So yeah. like, it was like crazy to me that I was like placed in like a cast. But it's like it was like me and the something rotten cast, yeah. and it was just. Absolutely amazing because that is my like my my favorite Broadway show ever, really? favorite musical comedy. That's awesome. So um, it's like one of those things. It was crazy that happened because I was going to go see Wicked, mm-hmm. but when I was like nine, I was too nervous to sit not with my mom because they only had single seats. Mm. And so we we're like, all right, let's go see something rotten. That was the best decision yeah. that has ever happened. Thank because God you it closed. It, it was at the end of its run, so I wouldn't have seen the show. Wow. Um, so just to be in that room with people that I've admired for for uh admired all during charlie and to just be like working with them and to consider them friends is mm-hmm. just like amazing yeah and you talk about not being able to see the show um i just want to mention we're obviously going to get into the process of doubtfire i would not have been able to see mrs doubtfire if it wasn't for you the superhero jay crying flynn um you saved <laughs> the show you literally gave the show a final week because otherwise it would have had the show their final show without even knowing they had their final show. Um, talk to me about what it was like to we'll get into like the whole g- g- coming in, coming out, all of that stuff. But just like the final week, give me a rundown and how special it was to to actually be able to to share that. I mean, you were in the original Broadway cast to share the final weeks with with your original Broadway cast. Well, uh, so. So I found out at 6 a.m. I was woken up by my mom at 6 a.m. On Tuesday. On, on on Sunday. On Sunday. So I did. It wasn't. It was. So I had oh. I had to be there for the 3 o'clock matinee. No. So I wake up. At, it was crazy. So I wake up at 6 a.m. I tapped up. So I'm waking. like, Delphi, I need you. I'm like, it doesn't even seem real. It still doesn't seem real because it's like this only happens in movies. Yes. Like it's, it doesn't seem like it would happen in real life. So I wake up. I get in the car at 8 a.m. Mm-hmm. I'm driving. I'm I'm texting with my stage manager. It's like, what's your ETA? Uh, let me send you the new script because it had changed no. since January 9th. So we went when we closed and then reopened. 
So I'm like reading through those. I'm like, oh, that's the same. I think that, oh, here's some new lines. So I'm like learning that. Mm-hmm. Whilst warming up, yeah, because I have to be, because I knew I wouldn't have time because I have to rehearse. I get there at 11.45. I'm pulling in. Still don't have a hotel yet because, you know, they're <laughs> figuring that out. So I'm pulling in. We have our bags. We pull into the parking lot across the street from the theater. We're putting it at the stage door. Uh, um, our COVID safety person comes out with this crazy test. Oh my God. And I had done a rapid before just to make sure I didn't drive all the way there to be positive, right. which would be terrible because my dad and my brother Joe had it. Oh wow. So it's insane. I made it through the whole week. Yeah. She comes out with this crazy test. Now I'm like, I'm going to fail this. This is, this is, this, no. there's no way I'm going to make it out. It come, it comes back negative so I can go in. I get there. I go in at 1230 <laughs> and my Lisa, my dresser, Lisa is like, uh, like, okay, let's see what fits. Like a 10-minute quick what fits in the show. Like pulling out costumes that weren't supposed to be used. And then uh, so uh, and so Lisa and Michael, the wardrobe people, are just putting this stuff on me. And then we get a knock like, uh, we need Jake for rehearsal. And Lisa's like, okay. <laughs> and so I'm running to rehearsal from like 12.45 to 2.30. I'm rehearsing the show and the new stuff. And then I went on for the show at 3. Wow. So no put it in was or anything. Crazy. Just like rehearsal. And some scenes I didn't even get to do. It's just like, you know it. Wow. Uh, That's insane. <laughs> I've been four and a half months. So I was like, sure. I remember like sitting down and one scene being like, I haven't done this shit. Oh my God. Those are the best. Did it, co- did it kind of come back to you like when you were on the stage though? Like, No. Yeah, I wasn't. Uh, it wasn't. Uh, it came back to me. It was just like the new things. And I felt found like me like second guessing and forgetting things that were never changed because I was thinking about the new things. Right. So like, it just be little blocking changes. I was like, I just got to remember that. And I had like my, I had the first line in the show now, but it was too music. So if I was too slow, it would mess up Rob's entrance. So I'm like, I can't screw right. up this line. And it's like the curtains there and there's all these people. And I'm like, ah, oh. uh, amazing. but it was, it was, it was good. I was kind of like, let's just see what happens. You know, totally. Well, there was- we'll fix it for Tuesday. Fix it. That was my mindset. Yeah, that's crazy. I, did you ever like, I don't know, did you kind of plan on coming to the closing show? Like, did you ever think that you were going to be able to share the closing of the show with the with the company again? I mean, at least definitely not on stage. Yeah. I mean, I didn't think I'd be performing in the show. And also, I, I, I was living in, I mean, I live in Boston. Right. So it wasn't like I would like, be able to just walk. We would have to plan it. Right. So uh, not really. I really didn't think I'd be that. We, we hadn't planned it yet. Right. And then phone call. Well, I, I I must say, I mean, we're talking about closing, but I have to say it made me think about the opening where you had these iconic shoes, the the Doubtfire custom-made shoes, these Chuck Taylors. It was everything. Uh, so, yeah. So my parents surprised me because Custom Broadway, uh-huh. uh, they, uh, you can follow them on Instagram, Custom underscore Broadway, like literally took Converse yeah. shoes and just painted – my mom was like, oh, just do something down for her. She's like, oh, I'll just make it up. And just creates the greatest thing. Like, just, oh, I'll make it up. Totally. Like, like that's just, oh, whatever. I'm just, just putting it together. Like, just the greatest the shoes ever. Like, it has all of our faces on there. Yeah. It's amazing. It has a signature from Doreen, who is a cast member who passed away during yes. COVID. Uh, it was, like, just, like, uh, just, like, just amazing. And um, it was great to wear them to opening night because they – and – and I forgot him. You know, I wasn't expect. I should have brought him for closing, but I yes. wasn't expecting. Oh my god! You know, it, it's okay. They they made the one appearance. You don't want to get him dirty. That's the thing. 
Well, yeah, exactly. You don't want to. You don't want to overuse totally. it. It's got to be like a special thing. I, I'm on your side with that. It, it was like you got to bring them out for the photos and everything, the big blue carpet moment, all of that fun theater stuff. mania. Yeah, yeah exactly. Theater mania. Um, so, so talk to me about this whole process with Doubtfire. When did you join the show? Did it, was it in Seattle or were you in the readings? When did you join it? I did the first like official reading in May 2019. 2019. Wow. And then. We went to Seattle. Well, so I assume so when I did the reading, I didn't like it wasn't like I did the reading. Oh, it's going to Broadway, or oh, it's got like I didn't know right. going into the reading. I just you know, oh, the reading, Mrs. Doubtfire, uh, and so then we heard it was going to Seattle, mm-hmm. and at the end of June, I assumed I was going to have to re audition. Like I wasn't, and if it was going to Seattle. Who know Seattle was in the fall. I mean, Broadway was so far. Like who even knows if I could be in the part. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so then I got a call that they were offering me Broadway in Seattle, oh like a God. month later. And I'm like, what? Uh, so you, knew- so we go, so that was crazy. So we go to Seattle. We started rehearsals in October. We went in November. We started performances in Seattle in November and we did performances till January 9th, 2020. Oh my God. Fun year for us all. Yeah. And, uh, then like we were supposed PTSD. to open April 5th. And we started previews March 11th or March 12th. Mm-hmm. And we had three previews before we shut down on the 15th. Right. We did three shows for a month. It was supposed to be a month. Yeah. And then we obviously the whole whole COVID thing. And then we came back, not thinking I was coming back because my voice had changed and I was like six inches taller. Right. But I, I couldn't believe the creative team and everyone. They brought all the kids back. It was amazing like they didn't have to do it and they did Mm -hmm. and it was incredible uh so then we came back in our first preview was october 21st 2021 then we had six weeks of previews and opened december 5th 2021 then oh my god omicron hit and i got covid along with multiple of the other cast and we had to close for like 10 days Uh uh so that happened then we reopened in december then people weren't coming to a lot of the shows and uh, we lost a lot of money from COVID. So we had to close January 9th, right. go on hiatus to reopen in March. But then it was moved to April. So then they, uh, I was too old for the part even before. So at this point I was way too old. Right. <laughs> so they brought in new, I mean, at this point it was like, so then they brought in new kids. I did the cast recording on April 5th, Wow. which is coming out soon. Yes. I don't know when, but it's soon. I'm so excited. Uh, uh, and so then I thought I was done after the cast recording. <laughs> I was like, this will be the last time I'll sing. What the hell? And then I was wrong because then a short month later, a short month later, doing the show again. So it was a, a great full circle moment yeah. to be there, to open it even after COVID and then to close it with the cast was amazing. Yeah. Um, and it was like amazing. The cast were saying that it was emotional for them because they watched me grow up with the show. Like I started off 12. Mm. I was 12 when I did it originally and now I'm 15 and a half. Right. So it was like a full uh, uh, watch me grow up. So it, it was it was an amazing experience. Yeah. I mean, that's such a wild but unforgettable experience. You know, all of the things for, that has happened with the show. Um, I want to ask you when you came back to the show, like with – your voice changing and everything and they had to like re they obviously had to rewrite the music yes nope they didn't it is in the original key no way i sing the song in the original <laughs> i sing the song in the original key with the exclusion of one note which i take an alternate down 
But for the most part, it is all in the key that Annalise Scarpacci sings. Oh my god! So I totally so didn't it's know that. it's not low. It, we'll just we'll we'll call it a journey. It's not low, uh, and I have so to it, say, I saw the show and I was like, his voice, like it's it's changed. We know that, but it's like. It's sitting really well. Like you sounded great. Thank you. I was like, this is impressively high for like a just changed voice. Uh, so yeah, it was, uh, I thank my vocal coach, Noel Smith, uh, who, um, really helped me through, we worked on it all during COVID. Uh Uh, so it would be easier. And as I did it, it got easier and easier. And, um, Chris York also helped me very uh, much too. So it was, uh, it was a great, Journey and even I on after January 9th, even coming back to the show, it was even better, right? Because I had worked, I had been like, Oh, I'm done with the show, I'll just sing songs that an adult should, a, a male should sing that's not like that I would just sing normally, and so that really opened the voice up to be able to do it. So, um, it was, it was great to be able to do it. And hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. In the mask up high. Yeah, you did it. Hey, it's over now. You can just celebrate It's good. Now, no matter what we say it, but then it's going to London. They might call me. I mean, for for all we know. (laughs) Literally. Oh, my God. That would be amazing. I'd totally see that. London, that's sick. Go do it. Um, that's do it in British accent. Maybe, maybe they'll like be like, "Hey, Jake, do you want to play Doubtfire?" Like, <laughs> that would be please whatever they want. What, I mean, pull my arm, I guess. You know, uh, incredible. I I don't know. Like that. I want to ask you about the the first time you saw him in, in those Rob. That is in in the Mrs. Doubtfire look because that's that's literally. I still can't get over it. It's amazing, and the process of how quickly they do it is just even more impressive the first time i saw it we had uh because out front of the theater there's photos of us playing guitar uh-huh. uh we did which are different than what because we end up taking different photos but before we went to seattle okay we had a photo shoot with rob as Dalfire and uh the, the family pretty much and uh so i walked i walked in and i saw them putting on the makeup and the mask and it was when he was, it was shocking. It does not look like Rob. Yeah, he. It's a full transformation. It's, uh, it's it's amazing what they can do with the mask, right? and then they blending his makeup with the mask, and then the wig and the glasses, like fully transforms. It was amazing. Like it was so exciting. Yeah, to be like you know the whole time during rehearsals, you're like, oh, what is it going to look like? What's it? What's what's like? I mean, that's what you're waiting for. So it was so exciting. To see him, and when we were tech, remember in Seattle when we were teching the show, we'd see him only in the Doubtfire for so long uh-huh. that when we were coming down with the hotel, me and Annalise, Rob got off at his floor and came down. We're like, 
Your face! Your face! And we hadn't seen oh my God. his face for so long as we had been teching all the scenes with Doubtfire. I love so, it. So, um, yeah, it was... Um, it was amazing seeing it for the first time. I'm like so curious from from seeing the show. I, I'm so curious. Like it looks so real and so incredible. Like from the audience, like I'm dying to be like, what is it like close up? And I wonder like how, I mean, because I feel like you may be able to tell like closer up, but from the audience, it's like, no, there's literally, once he puts it on, there's nothing on him. You like totally forget it's like makeup. It, yeah, it's amazing the tricks they can do because the mask, it's really like just like a pull-off yeah. thing. It's not like it's like this full – because you just like rip it off. Quick, I mean, his fastest quick change is 18 seconds, yeah. I think. And and I love the fact that he does it on the stage. Like they totally like reveal oh. the secret of it, you know? The quick change on the – on the at the end of Act 1. Yeah, yeah that, that's cool. It's And it's like so fast and like it's so choreographed, especially like um even in – so. In the in fire charities number. Oh my god! The whole there, so the, the Doubtfire is dressing him. Mm-hmm. It's like on the music. It's I am putting my pants on. Hold the shirt out for him. Like I, I wow. heard them when they were rehearsing. Like it's all like put the shoes on now. Line. It's like it's so cool how they like how they did that. Like it's it's amazing that they do it on stage. Like so cool. It's unbelievable, and and I can't believe like. Because obviously, like, they, they have, like, professionals doing it, like, b- backstage, you know, like, makeup people and everything. But, like, on the stage, it's, like, it's on Rob or it's on the ensemble. It's, like, it's wild. It's so cool. Truly, that show was, was fascinating. And I'll be shocked if Rob doesn't win the Tony, I have to say. I think he's, oh, like, my leader for, for this season. So, so bad. Yeah. So he good. Is, he's so, so good. He's literally <laughs> playing two so roles bad. in one show. I, no one else is doing that this season. That's all and, I have to say. And no, no break. It's not like right. I, I think the only the only break he has in the show is during what the hell, which is the three kids number. Yeah. So the f- and that's three what minutes it, that within the is. first fifteen minutes of the show. So like he's really doing exactly. Like it is crazy. Yeah. It's literally like one scene into the next. Yeah. Like he just doesn't leave. And if he's leaving the stage, he's changing. Right. So it's not like and even at intermission, he's like putting new makeup on, <laughs> getting ready for act two. It's like he doesn't stop. Unbelievable, Jake. I, Tony. Yeah, Tony. Come on. I I want to know like have you so I didn't realize that the beatbox like the the what is it called the the the, the loop machine the loop machine yeah 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 I didn't know that was like actually him doing it on stage until like he he had shared it on his social media have you ever tried that like I feel like that would be so cool I have not tried it you but I was it? once in his dressing room and uh, there's a joke because I wrote a musical called a surprise party for Sue that was like a joke among the cast yes. so he I was just in his dressing room talking and he took the loot machine and started playing with it to be like a surprise party for sue and it's like no it's cra- i, I want to buy one of those machines because that's like something that like right for like creative writing songs that sounds like amazing to like just punch it on that because it's so interesting i remember him like it was he even did it since the reading he like learned it and just figured it out and it's gone the loop song has gone through many many iterations but like I mean, it's it's all live. It's crazy that he does it live, and it's on him. And sometimes it doesn't work. Like, like there's been shows where like it just something skips or repeats. Like I remember Rob once came off stage. He was like, "It was great, good act one. The loop machine made me poop a bit." No, oh my god, I'm ready for two. Like it literally, it's like er, like sometimes when you hear it going off, everyone's so nervous. You're like, oh my god, fix, fix, go back together. Right. That's nuts. That's hilarious. It's so fascinating. I I. I 
totally was like, okay, this is like the sound guy, obviously. Like, this is just Rob doing like really great timing with like hitting the button. And like, it's crazy that that's actually him. Nope, it's all live. Yeah, that's wild. Puppets and, and he's like hitting buttons with puppets on his hand. Yeah. Like, and like doing how does that not voices? give you anxiety? Like, I'm sitting there like, how is he doing it? Yeah, like, literally. Like, I mean, no wonder it can sometimes go wrong. I mean, it's just there's so much going exactly. on. Tony, anyway. Tony, anyway, uh, moving on. <laughs> Jake Ryan Flake. I'm just going to keep placing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seriously, it's so cool. So in the process is that I didn't realize that like, once you did the reading, you got offered both Seattle and Broadway. So when you did Seattle, it was coming back to Broadway. So when did you find out like during the pandemic? So like once Doubtfire was open on Broadway for like four previews, um, then a pandemic hit and we had to shut down. So when did you find out that you would be um, in the show? And, and what was that process like for you waiting for in with the anticipation and everything? Like what was that experience like for you? Uh there it was it was like june 2021 mm-hmm. that the show was coming back and then i found out that they were going to keep me no matter what i looked like or what i sounded like wow and then we did like something in july just to like see what they needed to change or anything and uh yeah it was because i didn't expect i did i really didn't like i just was shocked like i mean i was i mean the part's 12 i'm 15 like i didn't yeah. expect to um do the part so just just like it was like it was i'm like i'm taller than rob now mm-hmm. so it was like amazing to be able to like to be able to come back and like do the show right and so just to open it like it was incredible when when i saw the show and it's like i mean obviously like it was after your like fourth time around with the show um it was uh you were taller than rob and i think that it added something to the story of like i i don't even know what it was but like it's so rare to see that on broadway where like it seems like all these kids have to be like in a slant depending on like the ages and all of that like everything's so particular but in the real world it's like i'm taller than both of my parents so like it's possible you know like it yeah it's interesting because like i mean even like being taller than annalise most brothers even younger brothers are taller than their older sister i mean that's just how it is and like i mean my neighbors my neighbor bryn like she's taller than she's going to be taller than her dad and uh, he's five seven she's and her mom's five nine or something and she's going to be taller than him so it's not unrealistic it happens exactly and and i think that you and the producers of doubtfire of course um that it was so brilliant that 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 they were able to be accepting of that and and kind of welcome that because like that is something that happens and it's it never happens on broadway but it happens in real life and like it's okay that that happens like you know uh i know that that was the best part like to be to be like a kid whose voice changes and is taller than the part is supposed to be, but still doing the show. Right. And like, cause that doesn't, I mean, the only time that's really happened is 13, the musical Right. was when there was kid with voice changes on the stage. So it's really rare to see a kid with a voice change. Totally. That's not 18 playing an adult paying, playing a kid. Yeah. To- so, um, it was, that, that was a great thing. It's awesome. And, and I was so curious, like what would they were going to do moving forward? Obviously they brought in, people that were pretty short uh, a couple other performers that are super young and yeah there was a it was a 10 and 11 year old so they went back to like right the original um the what i was when i was in the reading pretty much right and i was curious to see like what they would do would they keep your kind of look and height and everything or would they go back to that but it was cool that they had it for that for that a period of time with, with you in the show yeah it was 
sick. I was like, this is so cool. And I wish more shows would do it. And hopefully now that you did it, more shows will I be hope. willing to do it, you know? Be nice. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, moving on. I have some fan questions for you. I have two fan questions for you. Um, okay. We have one from Archie Ansdell, uh, Arch, at Archie underscore Ansdell. Um, he wants to know, or they want to know, what it's like being in an original Broadway cast. Um, and you were with two, so so you have experienced two different experiences. So It's incredible because it's like you're the only one that's ever done that part. Mm-hmm. So it's like you're you're introducing the part to the audience, if you will. And it's like to be that and also just to be a part of the creative process, like to come in like and building the show, like seeing a show in different iterations, like seeing it from the reading mm-hmm. to what it is to what it was when we closed. It's incredible to be to be a part of that process and do the previews and like feeling out the laughs and like feeling f- fixing what works and adding new changes. It's it's it can be crazy and can be stressful, but it's the best part. And my it's my favorite part of doing a Broadway show is the leading up to opening the show is rehearsing it and um, like doing the previews and adding things. Ooh, did that go well? Ooh, the note sessions and all that. Mm-hmm. Like that's the best part of it for me. Yeah, it, and doing the cast recording. Oh yeah. Like to, when I heard myself in the cast recording, that that was an amazing moment to hear myself like on an original Broadway cast album. Like. That is that is really cool. Doesn't get much better than that. Doesn't get old, I'm sure no. either. So it's awesome, so cool. Um, and you kind of talked about it earlier, like especially with those leaders like Christian Borrow and Rob McClure, like learning from them and seeing how they are willing to take the risk in the preview and rehearsal process. Um, obviously, like if you're not an original Broadway cat you don't necessarily have that sort of freedom to play with the role like that. So yeah. I, I definitely agree with you. Like that, that is one of the coolest things about it. And like now forever, like you could say, like you originated Christopher Hilliard and like this character was kind of based on the choices that you made and what felt right in your body and everything else is that you laid the blueprint. Uh, the, the, I have a joke that I, I, I left the show and then replaced myself. Yes. In a way. <laughs> Cause um, you know, Oh my God. Thing, so brilliant. They just missed you so much that they, they needed you back. I, I just, you I had to so replace good. myself. Yeah, You just had to replace yourself. Um, all right. I also jokingly called it a tour because I like got paid per diem. Yeah. So, uh, because I was in Boston. Like, it's the touring production. The touring production. That's hilarious. Uh, moving on, we have one more fan question. Um, it says, what is your f- – oh, this one is from at Diana Damore underscore. Um, she – they want to know what your funniest story from Mrs. Doubtfire is. <sighs> funniest story from – well, there was a phone call at 6 a.m. No. Oh, well, my uh, God. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, like, a funniest funniest – uh, well, I'll share a mishap. Okay, that's fair. Um, that happened because uh, uh, it was <laughs> – so uh, there was one time where there's the apartment sets. It's like two two pieces that come on from the right and left side of the wing, and they connect mm-hmm. to make the whole thing, but they track on. And uh, the nightmare scene with all the Dow fires in Seattle, they all entered from behind the apartment because uh-huh. it used to take place in the apartment. So we all shuffled on, like, I mean, there had to have been 20-something of us. So, and there was a time where Brad and Jay were also dressed as Doubtfires, and we would quick change and be at Doubtfires. I was so that changed. So Brad and Jay were also at Doubtfires. No way. So there's all of us, so we're all shuffling on, and out of nowhere, the set stopped. Now picture 10 on one side, 10 on the other, plus wardrobe staff, all like, what's going on? Wait, what? We see Rob go out for his quick change. 
And we have the first lines, me and Elise, we go through the door. So we're like, uh, well, we're doing the scene. No one said hold yet. So I'm opening the door uh-huh. and then the set moves. So we jump off oh my God. for it to come back in to go on and then just do the scene. Uh, so that was crazy. That's why. Oh, and then, and then there was one. This was a devastating moment on my part. No, no. Uh, so there's, there's, uh, there's, it actually, I don't think you saw this part because it got cut after. Oh, okay. But there was a part where Wanda, Wanda Sonner came in in the new clean apartment. And she says something like, wow, Mr. Hillard, great improvement. And then Daniel says, well, I've been acquiring some new domestic skills. And me and Lydia laugh. Ha 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 ha. It's like a funny joke. And so that was the bit. And so <laughs> one night I'm sitting there like just think, thinking about like notes. And then so she comes and she goes, wow, uh, very nice, Mr. Hillard, big improvement. And I thought I missed it. So I laugh. Oh, my God. So I, I jumped the queue. Yeah. I jumped the line. And everyone's – and I'm like, oh, I guess Annalise forgot to do it. That's, <laughs> this is me thinking in my head because I thought I almost was late. Right. So everyone's looking at – I got to laugh, but everyone's like looking at me. Annalise is like laughing, trying to keep it in. And Rob is like, yeah, I've been acquiring some new domestic skills. Like look, everyone's, everyone's looking at me and I'm like, what the – and then I just realized, oh, my God, I never had the cue to do the line. Oh I, so I jumped the cue. So that was funny. The good thing is, uh, is that that kind of works with your character. Exactly. Like, yeah. It wasn't like, it wasn't like, wow, this, wow, what a great home. <laughs> like just like right. something random. It was, and then we thought it would be funny if I just laugh at everything. Now it's a bit. Yeah. It could be like, what do you want to eat? <laughs> right. Oh, it's totally. So, uh, that, it, that was an amazing mishap. Yeah, for sure. It's totally not out of pocket for your character. So it totally, it totally works. I'm sure no one noticed, but that. That is pretty awesome. I, I love when that is, those happen, like being part of your audience, like, because there's nothing better than like when you're watching a show and then like someone breaks, like there just isn't. It- also, I, I like laugh at things. Like I'm not, I would say unprofessional actor. Right. Like I will laugh at things. And then also it's terrible when there's Jake and Annalise are on stage. It's bad because if something funny happens and then we clock eyes, it's like Jake and Annalise, oh my God. choking it in. Like it's I love so it. bad. But it's, you know, live theater. Live theater. Well, that's the beauty of it. Whatever happens is like yeah. the audience is getting a special treatment. So I love your guys's, you and Annalise's, like your little like sibling relationship in real life that has kind of development, that has kind of developed, not development. Um, yeah, it's so yeah, cute. fully, fully. I love Annalise. Live imitating art. Yep. Yeah, Annalise is the best. We've had her on the show like I think she's the only one that's been on twice or more than once. Um, yeah, she's, wow. she's the best. She's literally. I guess you'll have to have me back. You know, just I know. It out. I'm going to have to get you both on together. That would be uh, hilarious. Yes. Yeah. The both. The both. That would be dangerous, but I'm I'm here for it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That would be. We don't know what that would be like. Right. We'll get nothing done, but that's okay. Well, it's great. Um, well, Jake, I mean, honest to God, like your your stories, your your experience through Doubtfire and Charlie, like they're so cool. They're so unique. And what you've done so far in, in such a young and new, I guess, kind of career, it's just, it's awesome. So like huge congrats and thank you for joining me this week because I think you've told some really cool stories that a lot of people will enjoy. 
Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad that you that I got to come on. It's amazing. Oh my God. Thank you. Of course. I'm so glad this worked out. And I'm so glad the timing worked out with Doubtfire just closing. And then now you were able to kind of continue the Doubtfire legacy for a little bit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> for an hour of your time. Uh, but yeah, this was, this was great. And I appreciate all of the wonderful things that you brought on. If um, people want to like, check you out and and kind of keep up with all the fun things that they're you're you're doing and what you're doing next um where can they find you well uh my instagram is jake underscore ryan underscore flynn uh on monday june 6th i'm doing a concert with eli bolin who is the writer of sack lunch bunch it's called eli bolin has no friends <laughs> and i am playing one of the people of the friends he doesn't have uh I will be singing uh, songs. Uh, Grandma's got a boyfriend from Sacklinch Bunch, and a new song that he's writing for a new show. Uh, and Ava Brigula, who's also part of Sacklinch Bunch, will be singing the song with me. It's yes. a duet, so it's at fifty-four below. You can get your tickets now. So please come and see the show on the sixth. Um, so yeah, th- yeah, and you can follow me on Instagram and keep up with what I'm doing. Amazing. It's probably something stupid because i do stupid things no but you're doing all uh, sort of amazing things and you're you you mentioned you you know you're writing your own show frederick douglas the musical i mean doing all kinds that's all the frederick douglas musical that's like the that's the emotional one and then i have surprise party for sue the dumb musical comedy oh of course um which is that's you know that's like you know we want options you know we got the emotional one the dear of enhanced we have the yeah. Yeah, exactly. Diversity. Yes. Versatile. <laughs> yes. Uh, versatile actor and writer, of course. Um, amazing. Well, thank yep. you so much. Everyone check him out on Instagram if you haven't already and uh, follow along because this isn't going to be the last of Jake Ryan Flynn. That's for sure. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. Take about Jake Ryan Flynn. Oh, my God. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I had such a great time with you talking about what it's like to be a kid in the entertainment industry and what it's like to have families supporting you and kind of the necessity of that. Um, shout out to to all of the parents out there to are, are doing what they can for their kids and, and supporting them, even if it's in a regional uh, space, even if they can't commit to, to travel and everything like that. Um, y- y'all are driving us to the theater anyways in our local community, even if the local community is literally 50 minutes away. Um, I, I know all the stories, so I, I appreciate you, all the parents and what they do here, and especially Jake and I's, um, I. We could both vouch that uh, we've had some serious sacrificing going on in our family to to make our dreams a possibility and a reality so um huge shout out to him congratulations again on a wonderful run in mrs doubtfire and an unforgettable run in mrs doubtfire literally for the entire company i mean that is just a roller coaster of emotions the past three years have have been um it's incredible i loved the show and like i said I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Rob McClure does run away with the Tonys. Um, with that being said, we are having our Tony rundown and previews uh, coming at you all next week, which I'm very excited for. Uh, I'm going to try to get on a couple special guests so we can do like a little panel of like, uh, I guess judging, I guess. Uh, not, but, but like not necessarily judging because I don't like the word judging. But like we're going to be uh, reviewing and like kind of like giving our predictions and or, or our personal
personal favorites. Um, so very exciting stuff coming your way next week. And uh, I, I just love this episode. I love talking to the kids in the entertainment industry and kind of talking about their stories and what it's like to, to grow up with a, a family around them and a company such as these wonderful people that we've been able to work with. Um, so super fun, super full circle moment uh, with Jake and I, and I hope you all enjoyed it. So uh, with that being said, thank you all for listening to this week's episode. And I hope to see you all next week because we have a really fun and a new kind of episode coming at you all. So it should be fun and we'll see how it goes and we will see you then. So thanks again for listening to this week's episode of Take a Bow. Find us on all social media at Take About Podcast. Uh, you can look at our website, takeaboutpod.com. And uh, yeah, check us out. Check us out on TikTok, Instagram, all the things. Have a great week, everybody. For this episode's curtain call, I would like to recognize a few people who also deserve to take a bow. This podcast would not be possible without the help from Dory Berenstein, Brittany Bigelow, Katie Rosen, Alan Seals, and the team at the Broadway Podcast Network. Next in line to take a bow is Tessie Tokash, who edits the audio and all the visuals for this podcast. A special thanks to patrons Brian Thompson, Pat McNamara, the listeners at PCC, as well as all of the other patrons for their continued support. If you're interested in becoming a patron, go to patreon.com tab. And if you enjoyed this week's episode, don't forget to subscribe on the platform that you're currently listening to this on. Also, feel free to give us a follow on Instagram at TakeAboutPodcast. TakeAbout's logo is designed by Giselle Bustos, and the music is by Nikki Torsha and Cormac Collinon. Bye, everyone. Hope to see you next week. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.